I was pleasantly surprised to see how many people downloaded our free ebook. Yes, it's volume one and it represents what the first 27 people on our podcast had to say about staying motivated. Yeah, and I have to add that it was staying motivated when you just simply don't feel like it. That's kind of special. That is. And that was what was interesting to me was they all contributed something uniquely special from their own creative experiences. Well, you know what? I can't wait till we create volume two. Yes, and that will be out around the end of the year. Hi, everyone. And here we are celebrating what people love to do creatively by giving them a voice. I'm Rod Jones. And I'm Angie Jones. Welcome to the Thought Row Show. We invite you to follow us wherever you listen. And just to let you know, our episodes are always absolutely free to listen to. And of course, you can always check us out at thoughtrowpodcast.com where you can listen to any or all of the episodes on our website. Yeah, especially if you miss one and, and you know, that can happen. Also, we would love to hear from you. Don't be shy. We can all, you can always reach us through the website's contact page and let us know your thoughts. Yeah, and that is why we're called Thought Row Podcast, because we would like to hear from you and we can always learn from one another. Yes, we can. Yeah. Before I ask you to share your quote, mm-hmm. who are we featuring in our new segment? I love this segment. I do too. And it's called, What Are They Up To Now? Okay, well, this week's feature is going to be Jean Sassy and the Sassy Museum of Art. They moved to a new space in the Arts District of Pomona. They added two separate smaller gallery spaces for smaller exhibits, a gallery to show pieces from the museum's permanent collection and a small museum store to sell work from their member artists, catalogs, and books. Yeah, it's Pomona, California. Yeah, it is. Not too far from us. Not too far. And the exhibit Photography Past and Present is closing and included almost 200 pieces from the mid-1800s to present day. That was a great show. It is. And... November will be the Torso Project fundraiser, which will include approximately 40 torsos that have been decorated by local artists to be auctioned off online from the 25th to the 27th of November, along with the torsos. The project will also include an exhibit featuring the art of the human body with painting, sculpture, and photography. And the museum has created catalogs and books. If you'd like to know more, please go to sassyartmuseum.org. Yeah, definitely check that out. That is an incredible website. There's so much information and content on there. And it goes back several years. So it's it's definitely worth checking out. Yeah, very much so. Sassymuseumofart.org. Yes. Sassyartmuseum.org. Yeah, excuse me. It. No, you got it. I know we're going to have a great interview coming up, mm-hmm. so we're going to have to keep our intro short today. Okay. So Angie, how about sharing with us your quote? Okay. So here is my quote for this episode. And it is my favorite museums are things like the Frick Museum in New York, the Huntington Hartford in Pasadena, where it's like someone's home you walk through. And that quote is by Larry Ellison, 
the co-founder of Oracle. I would have never guessed that in a million years. Yeah, but I, I was kind of surprised. That's why I wanted to use it. And, you know, the Huntington is certainly one of our favorites. Oh, yeah. It's not that far for us to drive to mm-hmm. it. And then I also remember the Frit quite well mm-hmm. because I got busted there for trying to take pictures uh-huh. in there. And actually, I was only taking pictures of the, you know, the overall architecture. I wasn't focusing in on a painting, but within a matter of seconds, I was surrounded. Yeah, I don't, I don't know how I feel about that because sometimes it's just nice to take environmental pictures like you were doing and the security fund police comes by and puts a kibosh on it. Well, I definitely wasn't taking a selfie. I just kind of like the architects. The entrance way is really, if you have an opportunity really to go beautiful. to the in New York, you should check it out. It's pretty special. Mm-hmm. And I remember the Burhurl collection in Switzerland, which I'm not sure if I'm saying that correctly. Well, I think you did. I, it's spelled B-U-E-H-R-L-E collection in Switzerland. That was so charming and intimate with all the remarkable art on the walls. And literally, it's in a neighborhood. Yeah, we had to hump the hill to get up to it. True. But it was well worth it. Very true. And and that's one of my one of my favorites too. Unfortunately, yeah. a few years later, they were robbed of some of their most cherished paintings. And I'm not really sure if they ever recovered them, though. I guess we could always find out. Yeah, I'm not sure either. But you know, I know we need to move on. So let's let's have your Rod's motivational moments. Rod. Well, my motivational moment. Yes. Uh, Speaking of museums, Uh here's what I think. A museum on a rainy day is the most perfect place to be. You'll find yourself surrounded by paintings that have become old friends to many. Oh, couldn't agree more. Couldn't agree more. Remember when we were in Europe and it was always raining, it seemed like when we were going anywhere, because we went during the winter that one time. So it was pretty rainy. But Anytime we go to a museum, it felt warm, cozy, and like you were just, oh, it felt great. Well, I remember one time I was in New York and it was really a miserable rainy Mm -hmm. day. And I decided to go to the Metropolitan Museum of Art. And little did I know, almost all of New York decided to do the same (laughs) thing. Uh, It was raining, why not? Packed. Yeah. Uh, But I think that they all had the same idea. Well, of course. It was raining, and what else are you going to do? You need to be inside. Yep. I know our guest is going to have a lot to share with us yeah. and our listeners. So how about us bringing him on now? Okay. Well, let me kind of introduce him so we, we know what he's about. Um, we're going to speak with Arajit Bhattacharya. And Arajit is a serial entrepreneur, technologist, TEDx speaker, global VC, and a pioneer in the computer game development industry. It's going to be interesting. Yeah. Arjit, welcome to the Thought Rope podcast. You know, we are really excited to have you with us yes, today. Yes, hi, Arjit. We're always pleased to have an entrepreneur on our show that's so accomplished. Thank you. Thank you so much for inviting me in your podcast. It's a pleasure and honor to be here. Well, thank you. Thank you so much. We're happy to have you here. Very much so. Okay, so Arjit, before we begin our interview, we always ask our guests what they had for breakfast. So what did you have? Well, as because I am a kind of health freak and gym freak, I usually have heavy protein breakfast. 
So I had around uh, five eggs, uh-huh. plus a few bit of fruits and uh, a bunch of dry fruits with a lot of water. Oh, oh that is good. really healthy. Good for you. So do you work out then too? Yeah. Every day I usually work out at least for an hour. If I can't go to gym, I have a home-based gym as well in my mm-hmm. own house. So I usually hit the gym and burn some uh, few fats and uh, try to build some good muscle and uh, try to have a healthy lifestyle so that I can work more. Exactly. Good for you. Yeah, it's also good for your brain. Yeah. Eating healthy. Yes. It really, is. really is, good, it for really your, is. good for the mind. So why don't you start by telling us where are you speaking to us from? Where are you right now? So I'm right now in India. I'm based out of a city called Calcutta, which is eastern part of India. If you look at the global map, I'm just near to a place which is very close to Bangladesh. So before partition, Mm -hmm. uh, Bangladesh and West Bengal, my state, used to be one part. Till date, we talk the same language, which is Bengali. Though their pronunciation and the way they speak Bengali is a little bit different than ours, but we cherish uh, the same food, kind of same kind of culture internally. So mm. that's my exact location at the moment. Oh, interesting. Okay, cool. what, what is your home like? What is your, without getting too much detail, what is it, what is it like? Well, I'm actually based out of city. So this is like a kind of, you can say, mix of few green trees. I'm not exactly into the concrete jungle. Intentionally, I build my house. It's, it's, it's basically, you can say, uh, if you compare downtown, it's a kind of that kind of area where we have mm-hmm. a lot of greeneries, a lot of open sky. Mainly people stay in own house rather than flats or apartments. Uh-huh. So that's the area I usually stay. So if your audience don't know about Bengal or the culture, in the... Um, Long back, during our freedom fight, we had a lot of personalities like Swami Vivekanand, who is from Bengal. He's a Bengali. Mm -hmm. Ravindranath Tagore, if you have heard about that name, it's a global name. He's a famous poet. Yeah, we're familiar with him. He's from Bengal. Yeah. Yeah. And we had Netaji Shubhas Chandra Bose. He's another Bengali. So we have a long list of Bengalis. And for the audience, Bengal used to be the capital of India before a British came and, and when they started, you know, uh, ruling India that time. Right. Somehow, somehow it used to be the main capital. Uh, somehow it used to be one of the finest port. And we had all those glories of business and doing a lot of cultural activities. Till date, if you look at Bengal, it has got all those cultural activities, all those intellectual properties, all those people who are poets, artists, who are coming from Bengal. And that's a, that's a, that's a famous area where you will get a lot of people who are from basically from creativity and their background is creativity. And uh, you can get any Bengali in anywhere in the world. Like in US, you will get a lot of Bengalis. Hmm. So we traveled across the world to probably seeking for something more and something more. So Mm -hmm. till date, we are yet to explore how Bengalis feel what is more. 
Mm-hmm. But yes, that's how we usually cry for. That's wonderful. You know, we're going to ask you some additional questions later on in that as some follow-ups in that area. We know of the culture and especially the creativity that comes out of Bengal. Yeah, very, very prolific. Well, you know, I, I was curious, did you, did you grow up in India always? Yes, did you I grew up in India. The whole time you were growing up? So I started, I started traveling uh-huh. um, during my entrepreneurial days. Uh-huh. So I traveled around 40 plus countries till date, which is not a big number, but all these travel actually happened uh, due to the business expansion and a couple of merger acquisitions and fundraising activities for others. A few of the helping for startups and growing a couple of communities. But that started, I really forgot the year, probably I started in 2006, my first first international travel that happened. Okay, great. But... But I grew up completely in India, full-fledged Indian, homegrown man. That's is so your fa- nice. Is your family you. still there then, yeah. still around in the area you live in? Yes. And, you know, we all gain something from when we grow up and we learn various things. I'm curious about what do you consider to be the most valuable lesson you learned as a child? Well, if you ask me, my, my superhero is my father and, of course, my parents in the sense my mom and dad Mm -hmm. so if you ask me that specific question probably I learned to become crazy and you know put my nose on the grid and achieve things from my father so maybe that's the biggest learning and lesson that I got that's that's really a really nice thing so he's an inspiration to you it's great to have good parents what what line of business was your father in well, my father, he is not from business. I'm the first one in the family, the entire family of ours to start my own business. So mm-hmm. I'm a first generation entrepreneur. My father, he is a corporate guy. He used to work in corporates. He's a retired man now, enjoying the whole family life. My mom, she is a public prosecutor. Mm-hmm. But again, she took her retirement around uh, two, three years back. I intentionally pushed her to do that so that she can enjoy her you know, second, second part of our life so sure. that you can enjoy with the family. No, yeah. that's so wonderful. Now, when we talked to you initially, you mentioned that you liked to draw when you were a child. When did you start drawing and what was your favorite subject matter? <laughs> okay, so probably I started drawing uh, when I was in class two standard. So it actually happened because I really wanted to probably draw, color, I was fascinated about something which is related to black and white and gray mode color tone. Mm-hmm. And uh, while watching me uh, drawing a couple of characters, not only nature, I was actually more inclined about creating characters, human, you know, animals and others. Right. So my mom decided that I need a teacher. So she she took me to one of the finest artists in the town, but I denied to get a training from him because I wanted to watch Batman in, in TV. Oh, yes. <laughs> Superheroes. There you go. Yes. So he, he gave me a time which is conflicting with my, you know, Batman TV series. So I decided and said, and I asked him that, can you change the time? He said, no, I mean, this is the time. So I said, okay, then I'm not going to learn from you. Oh. <laughs> and, and I came back home and, uh, it's like I started learning on my own. Eventually, uh-huh. when I was in class three standard, I think after a year, 
my mom got someone who is a he used to be a art student in the art, art school he was a college student of course his name is manayan mahato i don't know where he is right now if you are listening to this podcast i'll be blessed and honored as a teacher mm-hmm. uh-huh, who are a good. big part of my life so when when he started teaching me we became friends he became like my i don't know probably like my elder brother my mentor right. regarding drawing and we we used to spend a lot of lot of time so it's not about only arts we used to talk a lot we used to talk about universe about god about god days i wanted to create superheroes so those things started with a very nice discussion between a child and a and a and a college student and that continued for probably next uh, four years mm-hmm. somehow he got a job first time and he decided to leave our town and he he couldn't tell me that he is leaving because he loved me like my mm-hmm. younger oh, uh, probably sad. younger yeah. brother yeah and he wrote me a letter on those days there was no email of course right he wrote me a letter uh, posted it when he shifted from calcutta to delhi wrote me a long letter why he couldn't tell me that he is leaving and he wished me all the luck and uh, he wanted to connect back of course but somehow we lost touch lost contact i was a kid and of course we didn't had that mobile phone or or telephone service yeah i tried to write letters posted to him in initial few days that you know later used to go there we used to communicate through normal letters yes after that we lost touch like he probably shifted from that place and we lost touch that's, uh, that's yeah. what that's happened unfortunate but he obviously but was then a after that critical person in your life yeah. that's fabulous yeah but then after that i never ever took any teacher in my in my entire life as an artist i started drawing out of passion out of love and at the age of i forgot seriously speaking probably when i was in class 6 standard i started writing comics drawing comics mm-hmm. and used to write used to write and draw at the same time with a dialogue pop up box into the school diaries and uh, papers oh my god and goodness, uh, yeah. that used to happen that's a funny story so that used to happen when the history teacher used to come on in my tiffin hours tiffin hours was okay like i used to have my tiffin and after that you know uh, lunch break and after that i used to draw and i used to create those comics but in history classes that was so so boring for me i started drawing and i used to <laughs> sit in the third bench and in each and every history class i used to be thrown out of the class because i was doing some kind of funny stuff in history classes uh-huh. that gave me a challenge uh, to explore history in a different way i never ever wanted to you know learn and uh, remember all such years all such inst- i decided that i'm going to i'm going to rip off this history in a different way so i started learning sanskrit which is one of the oldest language yes. Yes. probably in the history of mankind i started learning it and my mom she helped me to learn it because she's a sanskrit scholar so i mm. learned the language and started digging deep into indian epic indian mythologies mm-hmm. a lot of other countries epics and mythological stories like mayans and nordics mm-hmm. from different different languages and i started building my own superhero universe from all those stories in a very different storytelling manner in the sense i wanted to dig the 
science behind all those epic stories, all those mythological stories. Even I traveled in various different places while doing my globe travel. Mm -hmm. Out of curiosity, I usually go to places where I can get all such information, probably not from books, probably from folklore, probably from very old people, probably from wise men. I, I met them in person. I had a discussion with them. I read a lot of old sculptures. A lot of them are destroyed in India, to be very, very honest. But while digging that, I, I developed a passion to dig the science behind all those epic stories. So if you look at present situation of the world, if we look back yoga, well, I forgot to mention I am an avid yoga lover. I can teach yoga to anybody with any 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 place, doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. So while while exploring such kind of activities, I understood that uh, humankind needs to be more with nature. And uh, probably I can talk more with my arts without saying a lot of things. In my childhood, I used to be an introvert person. Probably that doesn't show in my podcast, but I used to be a total introvert kid. Till the time probably I started my own entrepreneurial journey. So I used to draw and I used to talk with my drawing rather than talking to people. and. Um, it's basically an exclamation mark that I never ever portray myself as an artist. I don't know whether I'm an artist or not, to be very honest. Mm-hmm. But then when I started the company on my own, can I share you something like how I started the organization and what happened? You know, we would really like for you to do that. I want to say it's very interesting how the path of your creativity and the fact that you had taken advantage of of Sanskrit and everything that you've learned in your life and you've converted that all to your art. And then I'm, I'm going to ask you a question and then please tell us what you're going to say because yeah. my question relates to this. You refer to yourself as a serial entrepreneur and I we'd like to know what that what that means to you and how has that impacted your life? But your art has had some impact. Yeah, and on how you does that be- connect with your yeah, art? Yeah, like, you, that's it, fascinating. It, it has had some impact on you being an entrepreneur. Is that correct? Yeah, right. That's right. So I will probably take you back in 1998. Mm-hmm. Um, what happened that time? In India, there is an examination that usually happens, which is called 12th examination. So it's like, after class 9, then 10, 11, and 12. So after 12, you go to a college and you choose a specific path, a career for you. Till class 12 standard, I used to be a science student all along. I used to love maths. I used to love physics, chemistry. I used to spend a lot of, lot of time with in chemistry labs, not doing usual school stuff. Rather, I was creating colors from natural flowers and leaves. So while doing all those kind of activities, I was talking a lot. I mean, my father, I mean, is my best friend, you can say. So we used to talk a lot on those times, at least. And um, he used to tell me a lot of stories about businessmen and how business can actually help the entire ecosystem, a whole country. And I used to read a lot about. global entrepreneurs like Steve Jobs, Ratan Tata, 
Aditya Billa, those names. Mm-hmm. And I was fascinated at how they are making disruption. So while doing 12th, I got a chance to enter into engineering, which is completely into my line. All of, all of the family members thought that I'll be choosing a path which is in the family tradition. Like people are lawyers, doctors, engineers. That's our family. Mm-hmm. Teachers, professors. But then one night I, I had a discussion with my father. I said that I want to create disruption. I don't want to go for any job. I don't want to, you know, join engineering. Rather, I want to start my own venture. So he asked me that why exactly you want to start your own venture? And what kind of venture you want to start? So I said, I want to create a game development company. He was like shocked. I mean, game development, never heard of at that time. I bet. (laughs) So he asked me that why? I mean, you want to mix your drawing with your what? I mean, why exactly game development all of a sudden? So I said, I want to recruit more and more people. And I believe that India needs businessmen who can probably make money for the entire country and they can recruit more and more people into the company and company will probably take care of them. That was a very simple kind of thought that is that was there in my mind. Mm-hmm. I never had any kind of idea how to start a business, how to run a company, where to get things done. I was just like a passionate guy who wanted to do something for the motherland. So the discussion started around 8.30 p.m., went till probably 4 a.m. next day. My father, he wanted me to become a soccer ball player somehow. And my mom, she wanted me to become a lawyer, usual. I mean, because she's a lawyer. Of course, yeah. Uh, Yeah. So, but somehow I convinced my father and he said that, okay, fine. If you want to start your venture, not a problem, but I don't have a lot of money. To give you what I can give you, I can give you the space where you can start your own company. Mm-hmm. This is the only step that you can do is like register your company as a trade license. But you are seventeen; you are not, you are not adult yet. You are not eighteen. So how exactly you gonna start it? Anyway, it was a challenging thing. It was a funny thing. I started and I failed miserably. And that time there was no one who can understand my language. I was talking something which is probably alien to them. And uh, it was a, a very difficult time for me to convince parents at the same time, convincing people in family what I'm doing, why I left engineering and why I joined economics and statistics as a combination. You also had to convince yourself. It's very challenging to take your the way you were raised, the way you were taught, and then all of a sudden go off in a direction that doesn't necessarily fit with your history. Yeah, true. And uh, economics, uh, because I wanted to explore the commerce part of it, because I'm a complete science geek, it's difficult for me to shift completely to a commerce background. But economics, I thought, probably will help me to understand the business part of it, which which didn't happen anyway, eventually. So in the next three years, it was a challenging uh, time for me. There was no mentor. There was no one who can support me, who can understand me, probably guide me. I was roaming here and there floating like a you know unguided boat in a big ocean so while exploring that ocean i realized that uh, i need to be very very focused so mm-hmm. if people can't understand what i'm talking about let me create products who can which can probably talk about what i'm talking about mm-hmm, sure so i need money for that i need a team for that so i i started a academy after roaming here and there for one year, I started an academy with only one student in my home itself. 
And from one student that grew from 1 to 50, 50 went to approximately 500. It was a full house of students. I was teaching programming. I was teaching drawing. I was teaching them animation. Now, you may ask me from where I got all these kind of knowledge. I am a self-taught programmer. I'm a self-taught animator. So I used to teach that whatever I know to these people mm-hmm. who are probably, we had an age gap of approximately two years to three years. So all these students, to be very honest, got placement. And they got placements in a lot of different MNC because they became programmers, great programmers. A couple of them got chance as a graphic designer. Few of them got chance as an animator. I picked up five people to join my own team. They became my first layer of employees who started working on a specific game project. Together, six of us, we build up nice, decent game. While doing these activities, I used to sell computers. On those days, if you remember, uh, we used to have assembled computers plus branded computers. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because of money constraint, a lot of people used to buy assembled computers and I used to assemble it from the nearby market and used to sell it to either offices or to probably local household. And if you look at Bengal, uh, let me give you a small idea about the communication that happens. Mm -hmm. On that time, I used to travel in a local train. So if you look at local trains in, in Calcutta, it's like full of people, like people used to, it's like, it's like, if you look at them, you will feel that probably some monkeys are traveling in. in <laughs> it's full of people, you know, like, yeah. like you don't have place to stand. That's the kind of uh, local train we used to have. So my shoes used to be, the black shoes used to be gray. And uh, my, if, I, if it is a white shirt, it used to become a different color in different parts of that white shirt. <laughs> wow. so I used to oh, carry... <laughs> and it was like sweating like anything, okay? So I used to carry an extra shirt and extra shoe in my backpack, go to the nearby market, change, do the assembling for two to three hours, sell it to a nearby office or to a household, make some good amount of money, come right. back, uh-huh. used to distribute it to my team, created the product. Let me cut the story very short. Created the product. Went back to this market when piracy used to happen. Had a discussion with a guy who used to do a lot of piracy. I told him that I've got a new game in the market, which you don't have. He said, you are bluffing. I said, no, I'm not bluffing. Just use it, install it into your PC and play it. He started playing. He got interested. And while watching him, a couple of five, six more guys came. They also loved it. So he said, from where you got it? So I said, this is... Not from the market. This is our creation. I want to make a deal with you. I'll give you 50%. You take care of the marketing. And you need to uh, give me a promise that this is not going to be pirated. So he put something uh, in that CD. And he started selling it. He made money. I made money. And that's how the entire journey of virtual Infocom started. And now we have a lot of different... uh, sectors into the company. We work on artificial intelligence. We work on blockchain, on VR, AR. A lot of new technologies like IoT. We have graphic designing unit. So when you ask me the question why I call myself as a serial entrepreneur, after starting that company, probably in 2006-7, I was invited into a lot of 
places because the startup buzz then started in India. I want I want to ask you I want to ask you a question before you go into that because that's fascinating, and you certainly have come a long way from doing those sketches of superheroes, <laughs> and I guess we would like to know what what is the driving force behind your ambition? What made you so ambitious in this area? Because yeah. there are a lot of people that have dreams that they want to accomplish this and they want to accomplish that, and they never unfortunately a lot of them don't go the direction that they had hoped. In your case, it looks like you planned a life that turned out to be very successful. But what do you think was your driving force behind your ambition? Honest answer, I really don't know what's the driving force. Probably I love keep going. But if you ask me specifically, maybe I wanted to give back rather than taking things from the nature or from the community. So that's my nature. So like when I... When you, when you start your, your life as a value giver, you get more. And that's the, that's the power of nature. You give five, nature will give you 50 back. Probably that's my driving force to value, give value and give value and give value. I'll, I'll, I'll share a lot of stories because you will probably love these stories of my personal life. We changed uh, a person. From probably a hardcore entrepreneur, of course, I, I had ego once upon a time in my life. I'll share all those stories if you if you allow me. Well, we certainly want to hear some of them. Absolutely. Yeah, we've, we have. My goodness. Okay, so in 2006, what happened? Six or seven. I totally forgot which year it was. I was invited as a speaker in one of the universities here in Bengal, which was like, people die to get a chance for. Uh, I forgot to mention, I, after my graduation, I did master in computer science and uh, that's what we call as MCA, master in computer application. And I did quite a bit of number of master degrees in finance and others because my parents asked me that you need to go for all those kind of certifications. Otherwise, we will just, you know, not be very, very happy because in our family, we have all those, you know, activities. Anyway, coming back to the story. I was talking and giving a speech uh, in, a, in, a, in a conference like this. In that conference, what happened? A couple of people, a couple of uh, mentees, uh, or rather students, they were asking me a lot of questions. They were asking me a lot of questions, which is uh, like probably I was watching myself in those students. Mm-hmm. And they were clueless how to start, what to do, where to go. Just like me around 10 years back or probably eight years back. So I decided that if I can help them, maybe that will be good for these guys. So I started helping few of those students who wanted to start as an entrepreneur. Uh, the very term entrepreneur tagged in my name on that time. Before that, people used to call me, I'm a businessman, I'm a crazy guy, I'm a mad person. So I started mentoring these kids. I started mentoring these uh, young minds. And one of them told me that, can you help me with some money? I wanted to start my own business. Mm -hmm. I am clueless how to do that. Right. So I said, okay, fine. I can always try to help you. What exactly you want to do? So he told me that he wants to start a business which is on completely non-technology basis, completely 
controversial, I'm so sorry, completely, you know, a usual kind of business, which is on spectacles. So I helped that fellow initial days, started his website, gave him a kind of seed things and all. And he started his journey and I felt really, really good. And I felt that probably I can help a lot many people. 2008, a leading newspaper from India, they wanted to do a story on my life, on my entrepreneurial journey. That's the first press news that came out. And I, I started getting a lot of calls, a lot of emails from a lot many people from various parts of India. And uh, to be very honest, for next four to five years, I was like a face of media. I was almost everywhere in various parts of India, uh-huh. either as a speaker or either as a, as a, as a media magnet. So that gave me a kind of mindset. And, and during these four or five years, I actually invested in two, three more ventures, two, three more companies. And I, start, I, I, I started loving it, helping, creating new ventures, right. you know, getting some newcomers in the market and then probably helping him to start his own business and become part of that company as a director. It was not at all calculated as an angel investor, to be very honest. It was more of like helping someone with money. And of course, I wanted to have some money back during this, this entire incident. Mm-hmm. So what happened, I, I became like, you can say, I started thinking that probably I became like uh, Steve Jobs. And people used to, used to call me like that, you know, the Steve Jobs from Eastern part of India. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I gathered a lot of, lot of, lot of ego that, okay, I became like him whom I used to cherish. Well, I, I want to make a comment here. You actually, you started out at one point in your life drawing superheroes and then you became one. You are one. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know whether I became that or not. But yes, so well, I Well, to a lot of thinking, people that you've helped. They probably, uh, yeah, they, they probably they think, think you are. You know, a lot of the people that you've helped build their careers and build their uh, success and happiness, I think you are a superhero. Okay. And uh, what happened? Thank you so much. And what happened? After getting a lot more like those kind of egos, I started getting a lot of fascinated opportunities from various different parts of world as well mm-hmm. uh, and i was like okay fine i'm in ninth cloud or something like that and uh, of course i wanted to enter into the movie industry and that's an interesting story for all of you so i'll take take you back to probably in 1999 when i started digging into the movie industry to do a couple of vfx work for them or creating a game for the movie industry for our own Indian Bollywood and Hollywood uh, movie industry and Hollywood uh-huh. movie industry. Uh-huh. But none of them understood me and a couple of directors used to throw me out from the studios and uh, they used to laugh at me. So in that time, after probably eight to 10 years, now I've got money, power, and I can do almost anything. So what I did, I created a different kind of USB for the company we started taking real actor and actress as our own model. We started simulating them in, in a normal local studio. We converted the entire studio. We hired a lot of local photographers. I taught them how to do the photography for games. And then we, we specifically started making superheroes 
from those real actor and actress. Initially, it was fresh models. Eventually, that became like celebrities used to come and we started making them as superheroes. And those directors who used to call me crazy, who used to throw me out and others, now the situation became a little bit of completely different probably. Well, for the information, uh, they couldn't realize I'm the same kid who used to roam around nearby the studio area. Now they thought that some big business magnet came and he is there to pump in money. I did my bit in the movie industry here in India, mm-hmm. co-produced two, three, and uh, gave a public declaration that I'm the that, that kid who came around seven, eight years back, wanted to disrupt. Nobody understood. Nobody listened. That's perfect. And this is, <laughs> and this is the kind of thing that, that I, I, I'm doing. And let's join hands. So let me ask you one question there, because so, I want to make sure listeners understand that. You basically are creating animations with those actors, correct? No, we are basically creating game characters. Okay, and thank they you. are becoming, yeah, yeah. So they are becoming game character into our title-based games, which is our own universe. And, uh, and India do people, do people first, from India recognize them and say, oh, I know who that actor is. And now they yes. are featured in a, in a uh, game then? Yes. And I assume that's helped their, has that helped their career? I would think it would. Yes, of course. I mean, a lot of lot of actors they got a uh, lot many work orders because they became a game character. Ah, so okay. which includes India's first superhero Shaktiman. So Mr. Mukesh Khanna became in and as Shaktiman into our two game titles. He's a very nice guy, and you know I respect him for that. I used to watch the TV series uh, when I was a kid, and when he said yes to become a game character, I was jumping with joy. And then we converted pl- uh, around three hundred plus real actor and actress into uh, 3D characters for our game, for our VR apps, for our augmented reality games and others. And uh, so far, so good. Uh, All of them became happy and a lot of them became popular. A lot of them started their journey from uh, our platform and they became now popular. They're working in MTV. They're working in international platforms. We send I think around 50 plus fresh models and actors from India to a lot of different countries, including China, South Korea, Taiwan, where, where, where they used to become a cosplayer. They used to represent our game. They used to walk on the red carpet and all. So that happened. So disruption happened. I became like, you know, again, I, I would love to mention this. I became like uh, more and more success-oriented person. I used to think that, okay, I became really, really successful. I would love to touch upon a very small story which changed my my entire outlook towards life. Okay, and then and then we're gonna and then we're gonna ask you a couple more questions uh, related more towards creativity. Although you've shared a you've lot, shared and so I much. really appreciate you talking about the games. That that's fascinating. But go ahead and tell us what you're gonna say. Okay. So I was traveling in in a different part of country, which is basically called Rajasthan. And uh, it was winters. And in winters, in a specific area called Churu, which is like a very cold uh, at night, it becomes like minus two, minus three. 
It's really cold outside. And I was in my cozy car. I usually used to travel. I hope I'm not taking a lot of time of yours or is it okay? No, it's yeah, okay. You're, you're okay right now, but we do have a couple questions we want to, we definitely want to ask yeah, you. Yeah, before we go. Yeah. yeah. Sure, sure, sure. So what happened? Um, I was in my, in my car and of course I was working in my laptop. And all of a sudden I hear a child is crying aloud, loud like anything. I looked at my right side and I saw that there was a mad woman. I mean, she's not mentally stable. She got a, got a child. She's a beggar, of course, like staying on the, on the streets. And um, the, the child is crying because it doesn't have any kind of clothes. Mm. And because of the cold, she's crowd, crying loud. And what happened? My car actually stopped in a signal. I saw that, that incident. What happened? The lady, she opened her own clothes and she wrapped up the, the baby and uh, grabbed her uh, into her own lap. And that's it. The car started, signal opened. And I started crying. I was mm. thinking like, what the hell I'm doing? Like, this is not the reason I started my business. I became famous, made money. I'm helping probably a couple of more startups. But my intention was to uplift the community. Intention was to probably give back to my countrymen. And this is the situation in India. And I'm not able to do anything. I'm just getting a lot of, lot of press news. That's it. So I decided not to be in the press after that. And uh, I decided that I'm going to uplift the villages rather than uh, recruiting people. Good for you. So we yeah. created a division. Yeah. So we created the division in the company wherein I, I specifically put people who can travel, go to these villages where we can fetch the poor people, teach them on handicrafts, on creativity, and we can probably uh, make an opportunity for them to have a good livelihood. I personally traveled to, I think I forgot the numbers, a lot of, lot of villages made them, visited these places, started giving them training for free, entire program runs for free. And uh, whatever product that they produce, we started selling it from uh, one place to another place. Initially, it happened within India. Eventually, I started exploring the opportunity to export that from India to other parts. And whatever money that that entire cluster used to generate, it is only for them. We We created companies and we created clusters inside those villages. It's a self-sustaining model and uh, I felt happy. So probably you asked me a question why I'm running so much. Probably I wanted to become more happy. Maybe like that. Very good. See, that's really great. Yeah. Okay. You know, we're going to have to have you on again. Because yeah, I know you've got there's so a many lot great of things, stories. There's a lot of things we want to ask you. You covered a lot of there's ground. So many and things. I know we really appreciate it. I'm going to ask you kind of a quick question. In five words or less, what would be your advice to people who want to live or be more creative? Okay. My first line would be, be mad. Uh, people used to call me mad, but I have a different dictionary. M for moderate. A for accurate and D for determined. So be mad. That's good. Number one. Number two, if you really want to become an artist, don't think who admire your art or who is appreciating it. Don't draw because somebody will buy it. Draw it for yourself. And for every product, there is a buyer. 
I firmly believe that. Yes. Yeah. It just needs a right time and right connection for you. So don't create art for others. Number three, if you're asking me five. Number three, probably when you're creating your, your creativity, try to talk with your arts. It should tell a story, not a small incident. It should have a, have a meme. The fifth point, a very simple art can have a beautiful caption with a meaning. So try to make some art which can connect and touch probably humankind and people would look at it and probably cannot, you know, move their eyes from your art. It's hard, but it is okay to create such kind of incident. I know a group of artists from different part of Eurasia who actually started a revolution by saving and that that revolution actually saved an entire mountain. And there was a factory which wanted to destroy that mountain. And the group of these artists with singers, with, with painters, they saved it. And then after that, they are now asking our help to our community if we can help with some kind of technology which can sustain that factory because there are people who may become jobless because this yeah, is sure. shut right. down. Yeah. That's, That's how artists think. Excellent, excellent answer. That's probably one of the best answers. Yeah, that ever really seen. was. So how about your, your famous Okay, question? here's my, my question. We, we always ask everyone this, Arjit, and, and that is if you are sitting on a bark, park bench and could chat with anyone from the past, who would it be? Myself. Okay. Yeah, excellent. That's a good answer. That's a good answer. You, you would like to discuss what you have been through in your life. Probably I would have uh, given him a couple of small advice, which is, which I feel that could have been done better uh-huh. because I had less experience. Probably I did a lot of mistakes in life. Okay. Um, so probably I would love to talk that to my, my younger self. Okay. That's, that's really a good idea. It's a great idea because we all we all, we all want to do that. We all want to do that and yeah. look back and say, "Boy, I wish I would have done this, or I wish I had not done that." That's exactly. a great answer. That's an excellent answer and a, and a very truthful one. I hate to do this, but we got to wrap this show up. And, yeah. And, and Arjit, you have accomplished so much in your life. I mean, we're so glad that you were able to share some of that with us. I know that your life has been. Uh, one that is very dynamic. Yeah, and filled with so many, uh, you know, opportunities that come about just because you're, you keep going. Yeah, you, you made it cool, happen. Very cool thing. Well, till date, I feel that uh, I haven't done anything, to be very, very honest. If Albert Einstein can say that he's just picking up small rocks uh, in front of a large sea, so who the hell am I to say that I have accomplished something? I haven't done something yet. Well, I think the biggest thing that you've accomplished and the biggest thing that you identified was your willingness to stay open and give give back back and help other people that are less fortunate than you. I think that is true success for anybody. Absolutely. Any entrepreneur that can get to the point where they can actually help other people. That's that's the best. Exactly. 
You know, Rod, uh, you are right. What I feel as a success, as a, this last line before I, I, before we probably end it, yeah. I don't know. I feel success is when you can make others smile, make others happy. And it's not the amount of money that, that somebody can earn in life. Money can be earned, money can be burned. It doesn't matter. It's just a, just a way of buying things. But money cannot buy happiness. Successful person is someone who can make others smile from inside by virtue of doing their own work together. It's not that you are giving some money to someone and he or she is smiling. No, that's charity. But if you can create a complete structure where people will laugh when people will smile, when people will probably feel joyful by hearing your name, that's what I call as success. Couldn't per- agree it's more. Perfect. You know, we're right up against it. So yeah. what are you going to so say? So I just want to, I want to let everyone know if you want to know more about Arajit, we'll have links for him under the show guest tab on thoughtrowpodcast.com. So everyone can learn more about him and please connect with him on social media and check out his website. Yeah, we plan on having him back again because yeah. there's a lot of ground that we'd like to cover that we think has much to do about living a creative life. So, Arjit, thank you so much yes, for your time today. thank you for today. being here today. My pleasure. My pleasure. Thank you so much. Yeah. Bye. Bye. I'm really glad you tuned in today. We hope you enjoyed the thoughts and ideas we shared with you. We post a new podcast every week, so remember to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts so you don't miss an episode. So it's bye for now from my husband Rod and I, wishing everyone a great day. Mm-hmm.